CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Who's funding Bitmain? It's a mystery. Good evening. I'm Nikolai Shtey, and welcome to Late Confirmation from Coindesk, bringing you today's top stories. On today's program, concerns about a proposed change made by coders behind a $200 million SiaCoin blockchain keep on escalating. And after being acquired by Justin Sun, founder of the blockchain protocol Tron, several employees at BitTorrent have left. And lastly, we'll speak with Coindesk researcher Peter Ryan about the differences between payments and transactions. But first, a word from our sponsor, Said Business School, University of Oxford. You can now study blockchain entirely online with Oxford University's Said Business School. Find out more about the six-week online program that gives you a fundamental understanding of blockchain and its implications and effects on your business strategy by visiting OxfordExecBlockchain.com. After Chinese cryptocurrency mining giant Bitmain's anticipated multi-billion dollar initial public offering in Hong Kong was widely reported, both Tencent and SoftBank, who are listed as Bitmain's pre-IPO investors, have denied their involvements. A spokesperson for Tencent told Coindesk that, quote, the news is not true, unquote, on the pre-IPO involvement. And a similar comment came from Japanese conglomerate SoftBank Group. Furthermore, SoftBank said to Coindesk that it so far has no interest in investments in Bitmain. You can read more of our coverage on Bitmain and its IPO at Coindesk.com. Looks like drama has been the keyword of today. Many members of the SciCoin community are suspicious after the coders behind the blockchain, which is, aims to be a decentralized storage protocol, proposed altering the rules of the blockchain in order to disable products offered by Bitmain, the China-based mining firm, and its competitor, InnoSilicon. Specifically, people are suspicious about the motivations behind the proposal. The code change, as Coindesk reported, was served to balance the power on the networks initially. As benevolent as it sounded, however, users became concerned as they found out that the equipment that would still work on SciCoin is sold by a company operated by SciCoin's very own developers. These concerns were not helped after the company, Obelisk, released the Quill Switch, or the code change which would brick Bitmain's miners. Obelisk was founded by SciCoin creator David Vorick, and is also known for being controversial as it is reportedly facing lawsuits for failing to ship its hardware to buyers. And more stories are coming out from blockchain protocol Tron. Founder Justin Sun's recent acquisition of BitTorrent has led some of the employees at the peer-to-peer networking platform to leave. The departures of at least five employees at BitTorrent is said to be related to concerns over the acquisition and the leadership coming from Tron. At least two of the departed employees 
held leadership roles within BitTorrent. As Coindesk reported, Sun purchased BitTorrent for $120 million in cash back in June. Tron itself once completed a $70 million initial coin offering in 2017, but later returned the funds to its Chinese investors after the nation banned initial coin offerings. We'll be following those stories closely on Coindesk.com. The most influential conference in crypto comes to Asia this fall. Coindesk's Consensus Conference takes over Singapore on September 19th and 20th. Join more than 75 speakers and 50 sponsors for two days of powerful insights, industry announcements, and cross-industry networking opportunities. It's all happening in Singapore, September 19th and 20th. Register today at coindesk.com slash events. And now, we're going to talk about the differences between transactions and payments with Coindesk researcher Peter Ryan. He'll also give an example of the recent EOS versus BTC activity. How are you doing? Doing well. Thanks for having me on. Great. So you're here to talk about the difference between transactions and payments. Do you want to get right into it? Sure. So now transactions and payments, they sound pretty similar, but they're actually two distinct things. You can think of a transaction as a container of an input from your crypto wallet and output or multiple outputs to one recipient or multiple recipients. And then payments, on the other hand, um, are the combination of all those outputs minus uh, one change output, similar to the way that if you give $5 to your local deli for a $2 drink, they're going to give you change back. So that's how crypto works in general, that sometimes you get a change output back. Um, And so why these uh, distinctions are important is because they can show, um, you know, perhaps opposite trends occurring at once, whereas the count of transactions could be going down, whereas the actual payments or the outputs to multiple recipients could be going up. And so it's important to keep in mind how these things are moving in tandem and also diverging. And where these things will diverge and continually so is in the uh, process known as batching. This is typically done by larger crypto institutions where um, they notice that it saved them fees and it saved them um, block space by instead of doing a lot of transactions to a lot of different recipients, they could just combine one transaction with a lot of different outputs and send it out there um, and save those fees and save that space. And so that's what we really have seen started to happen and um, we will most likely see more of that in the future. How do you measure the volume for each of these? Yeah, so what we look at is, um, you know, different different ways to compare to, to individual cryptocurrencies, but also we like to compare other cryptocurrencies to Bitcoin just to give a, a standard of measurement to sort of gauge how, you know, much more, much less it's doing, uh, more so than on its own. And so actually, we looked at the month of August that's transpired, and we looked at EOS and uh, Bitcoin. And what we saw was actually uh, pretty, pretty weird, and exactly why you should consider these differences. Um, On average, for the month of August, EOS was trending at about... um, 
3,000% to that of Bitcoin in terms of the count of transactions. Um, so that's pretty significant. However, uh, when you go down into the payment count, and, and again, this is perhaps uh, the more uh, proper number to judge the total um, you know, volume, the throughput uh, to different recipients that are occurring, uh, we actually find that on average, um, that payment number was about 30% to that of Bitcoin. So here you have uh, in one measurement, EOS being 3,000% to that of Bitcoin and another um, being 30% to Bitcoin. So um, if you're only looking at one of these, you could be totally off in your investment decision or how you're uh, evaluating each of these cryptocurrencies. Uh, and so that's why it's important to really look at both uh, and understand um, that you know, the, there are important differences here. And um, yeah, you should always uh, be able to know the difference between transactions and payments. Cool. Thank you very much for joining us today. Late Confirmation is brought to you by the Said Business School at Oxford University, where you can now study fintech entirely online. The 10-week program gives you the tools you need to build the future of transactions and commerce. You'll explore emerging technologies that will disrupt marketplaces and financial services, and examine the state of the industry and plan disruptive intra- or entrepreneurial interventions. Throughout the program, you'll be exposed to key ideas, principles, and frameworks from CEOs of leading startups, corporate leaders, and instructional leaders at the forefront of research in the space of future commerce and transactions. For more information, check out OxfordExecFintech.com. For more on today's stories, check out Coindesk.com. And of course, you can get updates all day on Twitter at Coindesk and subscribe to our newsletter at Coindesk.com newsletter. For Coindesk, I'm Nikolaj Day, and this has been Late Confirmation. The Podglomerate, a sonic universe.